0: amen all right so first of all we uh we delved into what faith is amen after we delved into what faith is we delved into how does faith come after we delved into how does faith come then we did how to turn your faith loose because i seemed to be one of the Biggest problems that many people have are, how do I turn my faith loose? How do I get my faith to work for me? And that's a, that's a major issue for a lot of people. So we uh, kind of covered that uh, uh, extensively. And then last time, we were talking about confessing with our mouths and believing in our hearts. Because that's a part of the faith equation. You must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And we touched on it briefly earlier that uh, sometimes what you confess with your mouth is not what you believe in your heart. And that comes directly from the salvation uh, in in Romans uh, uh, 10, verse 9 and 10. That if uh, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now... We, we notice from that scripture that you can confess all day long that Jesus is Lord. But if you don't believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, salvation is not available to you. And that's what a lot of people do. They merely confess with their mouth what they really don't believe. Watch this now. Believe in their hearts. Now, I, I need to say this. You can Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you still won't be saved. Now, now we, we 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 really need to we really need to talk about that because that's where a lot of people miss it. We, we uh, will say to people, you know, just confess Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. No, that just isn't so. He said, confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus, but believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. See, we think we can take God's word and do anything we want to with it. He, God, is very specific. He says what he means, and he means what he says. He said, confess this with your mouth, but believe this in your heart. That's why the the apostles that walk with Jesus, the disciples that walk with Jesus were not saved, couldn't be saved. He hadn't died yet. They couldn't believe that he was raised from the dead because he didn't die yet to be raised. Therefore, they couldn't be saved. They didn't get saved until he came back. And remember when he said he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost? That's when they got saved. That's when they got saved. See, because they had to believe that he was raised from the dead. Why do you think he said he sent uh Mary? Go back, tell them. Or Martha, whichever one it was. That that preacher. Okay. Go tell them. Don't tell my disciples and Peter. That's, that's that's very important right there and Peter because see peter had denied him Peter was no longer a disciple he said go tell my disciples and peter huh see see god god will never evict you but you leave anytime you want to Amen. You hear that uh, scripture that uh, Sister Barbara always quotes about God is forever married to the backslider? Yeah, he went for you to come back. You better come back before you close your eyes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And again, sometimes what you have to believe is not what you confessed. Okay? You have to find out what is it that I have to believe in my situation because my situation is different from your situation. Amen. You are you are a totally different individual than I am. God expects one thing from me and something else from you. Because he knows your background just like he knows my background. Amen. Hallelujah. So, we went through that and this is all part of the faith process. And if you don't understand that that's a part of the faith process, you can miss it. So, moving right along. I want us to turn to Mark 11, please. And not Mark 11:22, where we normally go. Let me stop you now, because I know that's where you was hidden. Hey, Amen. Let me stop you now. All right? We're we going we gonna to stop over here, Mark 11:12, The 12th verse. All right? Mark 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, or the next day, when they were come from Bethany, he, speaking of Jesus, was hungry. He, Jesus, was hungry. On the next day, they were coming from Bethany, and he was hungry. All right? Now, verse 13. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves on it, He came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, speaking of the fig tree, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Uh, So now, how can I put this? From a distance, We all look holy. Amen. (laughs) From a distance. See, we have all the trappings. We got our Jesus pins on. Amen. You know, we dress for church. You know, we got our Jesus bumper sticker. You know, from a distance, we all look. We all look all right. But when it came to it, he couldn't find any fruit. Well, can he find any fruit when he shows up at your doorstep? See, you, you can look the part. That, see, I tell you, there's, there's lessons here. And see, this is the lesson with this fig tree. From a distance, it had leaves. And if it has leaves, it's supposed to have figs. Well, so, What do we look like? Hallelujah. Verse 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it. Watch this. And Jesus answered and said unto it. And Jesus answered and said unto it. So apparently it said something. Apparently it, the fig tree, said something to Jesus. And Jesus answered, it. I found out what, what it said. It, watch this now. Remember, we're talking about us. From a distance, what we look like. We look right. I mean, we even carry the Bible. Go down the street. You know, we, we look apart. And when Jesus got to it and saw there were no figs there, no fruit. Are you bearing any fruit? He saw there was no fruit there. He had to answer it because it said something. I know what it said. It made an excuse why it didn't have fruit. Kind of like us. We always got an excuse. Well... We had a storm Friday. My clothes in the cleaners. They didn't, I didn't get there in time. They were closed when I got there. So I couldn't come. Come any other way? They may always got an excuse. I could tell her clothes was in the cleaners. But that ain't the point. She's here. That's what counts. She's here. See? So anyway, it was making excuses. The tree was making excuses why it didn't have no figs. I don't have to know the exact words. I know what was being said. Well, Watch this. Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Remember what the scripture says in John? Said, he wants you to bear fruit. When you bear fruit, he prunes you so you can bear more fruit. But if you don't bear fruit, said chop it down and throw it in the fire. Because it's not, it's not worthy. Oh. Ah, let's move right along here. We got to move on. All right, so watch this. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, that's important. His disciples heard what he said. He did not make this declaration under his breath. He did not make this declaration under his breath. He spoke it clearly and loudly. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. You don't bear fruit. You're supposed to have fruit. That's it. And they heard him. Verse 15 and they come to Jerusalem. That's over. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Not only did he want them not buying and selling making merchandise in the temple, he said, you're not even going to carry anything through here. Why did he go to that extreme? Because when people get a little bit They won't take a lot. Give them a little bit of leeway and they get crazy. Amen. So he handled that. He said, I don't even want you carrying anything through the temple because your motive is wrong. Verse 17. And he taught saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But you have made it a den of thieves. My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know what I believe was going on? Not only were they buying and selling, no prayer was ever going on. They had given up prayer. What we got to pray for? We can make, we can make money here. We ain't got to pray for no money here. We, let's go. Let's just set up us a table. We can make some money. And they, everybody got to come to the temple. It's the law. It's the law. They got to come here. They come here, we ready. We can sell, make money, pray. Pray about what? Pray? What you know pray? Hey, Joe, don't you remember they used to do that over here? Pray? Remember that? Yeah, used to be. Jesus said, no, you've made it into a den of thieves. You've turned it into a merchandise house instead of a house of prayer. Wow. Okay. Okay, verse... uh, Hallelujah. Verse uh, 18. And the scribes and chief priests heard it. Uh Uh-oh, they heard what he said. Because they're the ones who authorized the people to come in and sell. Because they was getting kickbacks. Amen. You got to pay me. You know, I'd be like me saying, okay, you pay me and you can set up a table down. Yeah, right. Okay, so anyway. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. All that I was saying was leading up to that, that particular scripture, Mark eleven twenty two. In the study of the basics of faith, we have to understand that we must have faith in God. That's where it begins, is faith in God. Not faith in the money changers. Not faith in the job. Not faith in what others can do for me to help me. Not faith in my connections. Not faith in those who are who went before me who may have uh, smoothed the way for me to come. No, we must have faith in God. No matter what we're doing, what the situation, where we are, we must always have faith in God, which means we have to believe God for everything. Anytime you get to a point where you can have something without having faith in God, you are disobeying the the basics of faith. I don't care if you have a job. I don't care if you have a check. I don't care if you have a, a foundation taking care of you. I don't care where you are. Anytime that you leave out God, you are not having faith in in God. Amen. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work there. If all you do is sit by the mailbox and wait for your check, you are not having faith in God. Amen. Now, we are taught to be in expectancy all the time. I'm always expected to receive, but I ain't sitting there watching the mailbox. Come on. As a matter of fact, there's some mailmen, they, they don't like the first of the month. Because, I mean, focus on their case. First of the month, between, between the first and the fifth, they standing by the box with my check. My social security check, my welfare check. You know my, you know them checks. Hey, man, they standing by and we'll fight. The man see the mailman, he got he got the spray for the dogs. He got to use it on the folk around the first of the month cuz they coming for him, see? Cuz he got, and I that's didn't, didn't not to shoot nobody down. That's just the way it is. I used to see folk like that. That's right. They waiting. They don't have faith in God. There's nothing wrong with receiving those checks. But your faith should be in God. Amen. You put faith in the check, you're gonna have a problem. One day. Your day will come. Amen. Okay, how good you, uh, you know, think you got it? Amen. Amen. Some of them folk in New Orleans had it real good. They was living large. Had a nice plantation. Had a big house and the little house. Had nice cars. They ran out with the folk who ain't had nothing. Stride for stride. They was right with them. Picking them up and laying them down. Getting up out of there. And the next day they had nothing. Just like the guy down the block. But the folk, the folk that had faith in God, don't mean nothing to them. God gave me that. He can give it back to me. As a matter of fact, God usually does more than he did before. That's how he operates. And you got Job as a testament of that. Amen. He gave Job twice as much as he had before because he kept his faith in God. Not in his stuff, not even in his children. Wow. Hallelujah. So, uh, to speed things up here a little bit, uh, Romans 1.17 says, The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk two four says pretty much the same thing. Galatians 3.11 says pretty much the same thing, that the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10 says pretty much the same thing, that the just shall live by faith. Anytime God goes to repeating himself, you better take heed. Amen. You find it two, three, four times, you better listen up, because that's important to God, that you have faith in him. Now, I want to go through just a couple of things here, and then we're going to close. Hallelujah. We must keep first and foremost that we are to not rely on our own abilities, resources, thoughts, ideas, or influences. That's a mouthful right there. We must keep first and foremost that we are not to rely on our own Abilities, resources, thoughts, ideas, or influences. And in keeping with that, there seems to be three areas of the deepest concern. Area number one seems to be money. Everybody's concerned about money. And the word says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So you can you can trace it back. The love of money is the cause of all the problems in the world. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. I don't care how you slice it, you follow it back, you'll get back, and there'll be money at the end of that story. Amen. Because the Bible specifically says, "the love of money is the root of all evil." He didn't leave any out. He didn't leave any out. So you thought it was, you know, when, when your when your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife, you know, cheated on you, and you lost it, and all the rest of that is because of that. No, it wasn't. Follow it back. Follow it back. Follow it back. That's just, the, that's just the result. The cheating was just a result. You follow it back, and you'll find the love of money back there somewhere. That's why it happened. Amen. Why, where you get that from, the Bible? Somebody's true and somebody's not. Amen. But now God has specific things to cover the money. 3 John 2. Philippians 4 Matthew 6 hallelujah God specifically covers the area of money so that you could keep your faith in him and not put your faith in the money he specifically says to us that we are to believe him and he'll take care of the money amen amen uh, a second area and then the last one I want to do Huh. Second area of concern that seems to be those that keep us from having faith in God. Number one is money. Number two, health concerns and doctors. <laughs> Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Those are the only two things he mentioned. Prosper and be in health, money and health, money and health, money and health. Those are two areas that are the the weakest where most Christians are concerned when it comes to having faith in God. That's where we're the weakest. That's where we need to build our faith the most. When it comes to money and when it comes to our health. When it comes to money and when it comes to our health. We need to feed on Third John 2. That's the one. We need to feed on that daily because those are the two areas that the enemy has his widest range of expression in our health and in our lack of finances. All right, Second Timothy two fifteen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Why do we study to show ourselves approved so that we can rightly divide the word of truth? We study to show ourselves approved so that we can rightly divide the word of truth. So we won't wrongly divide it. Okay? That's what we study for. Now watch this. I don't have anything against this. Like I said, I'm, I'm for education. And some people are called to do this. We have ministers who study the Greek. They study the Hebrew. Hebrew, Shibrew, any kind of root they can find. They, they study it all, okay? They go through, I mean, they go through reams and reams of material to study. To learn what it mean, what it meant in Hebrew, and why they did this and did that, and and they will, you know, tell you that uh, if you don't understand the Greek or the Hebrew, you can never understand what this means. And it hit me. I said, "Wait a minute." God doesn't need a university to make a preacher. God doesn't need the Hebrew or the Greek to have you preach. If I have faith in God, he says, I'll write my laws in your heart. and uh, and the Latin, and the this, and the that, and you need all this stuff in order to get along, but I I figured out that God doesn't need it. God takes the base things of this world to confound the wise. God will take a, a man with no education, can't even read, and God will teach him and that man can stand before scholars. I mean, the man can't even put sentences together, good. But when he opens his mouth, as a matter of fact, here's a here's a here's a a, a, a proof text of that. I I'm traditionally I like teachers, okay, because that's what I'm called to do. So I, I like teachers. But something happened to me when Brother Jakes got up one time, Brother Jakes hollered. He said, ah, and that thing went all over me. I said, that man's holler is anointed. He didn't say a word. He just hollered. And I'm telling you, I got goosey bumps everywhere. I said, there's an anointing in that thing. I mean, he was teaching and I was with him. Then all of a sudden, he just threw back and hollered. And that thing hit me like a bolt of lightning. I said, you know what? God did that. Folk get saved by somebody hollering. Folk can get saved by somebody screaming. Folk can get saved by some uneducated man. Because, why, why, why? Don't miss my point. Because he has faith in God. He doesn't have faith in the Latin. He doesn't have faith in the Hebrew. He doesn't have faith in the Greek. He doesn't have faith in those things. He has faith in God. What's so important that we have faith in God, God can take you anywhere. God can take you to the heights. God can take you to be in king's palaces. Amen. 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 So if you have faith in God, watch this. Dear God, watch this. Don't let people, don't let people mess you up because they don't, you don't have what they say you ought to have. Don't let folk mess you up. Don't let folk mess you up. Say, I ain't got that, but I'm anointed. I may not have that, but God's on my life. I may not have that, but I bet you one thing, when I speak, people listen. That's what I'm talking about. See, and see. You've you got to have that, you gotta have that uh, on the inside of you. Because, see, you have to put one thing before the other. And when it comes to that educational thing, now now my wife will tell you, the school that our girls went to uh, through, through the sixth grade, okay, about the, I guess about the fourth, fourth grade, when Faith was in about the fourth grade, there was a mass exodus out of the school. And uh, so we want to know what's going on. And we found out that a lot of the, the parents had gone to the new principal and said that the work that you're giving our kids is not challenging enough. And they were taking them out to put them in public schools to get them ready for college. And I said, wait a minute, this is the most spiritual Christian school that I've ever seen. These folk not only talk about God, they make the kids learn scripture. They speak scripture all the time. And they, I mean, they come out singing songs and carrying on about the Lord. And I said, wait a minute. The education may not be as challenging as I want it to be, but I'm not gonna give up the spiritual for the education because then I'm not having faith in God, that God can take care of them kids as long as they keep God first place. See, that school had God first place. They went to some place where education was first place. We didn't hear about all of them, but we heard about some of them. In fact, some of them was coming back, wasn't they? Running back. The, no, watch this now. It wasn't the parents that had them running back, the kids themselves said, I want to go back. Because this, this thing over here, I just said, Oh, God, get me back. That's why I've said from day one I don't care what it costs, that's where they're going. They're going to a Christian school. As a matter of fact, even when Faith graduated and went to another Christian school, the level of spirituality was so much lower that she couldn't believe it. She said, they don't know anything when it came to God. But she knew. She knew not only from here, but from the school she was in. And that goes a whole lot further when it comes to having faith in God. I'm telling you, we need to reassess what we're allowing this education to do to our kids. Statistically, most parents who raise their kids Christian and then send them off to some ungodly university, by the time they come back home, they only want to hear about God. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm not. I ain't telling you what to do. You do what you want to do. But I'm telling you, I found out from the book that if I'm going to have faith in God, I got to go all the way. I can't go just this far. Oh, that's enough? No, it's never enough. You never, you never get out of the place of having to have faith in God. I'm telling you. So you better. I hope you put. A, hope you put plenty of them before you send them off. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I'm meddled enough today. Amen. I believe i done meddled enough today. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. We bless you, Lord God, and honor you. We glorify and magnify you, Lord, for your goodness, faithfulness, and loving kindness toward us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.